2: your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter.
0: Let's start the show. Hello everybody welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com coming to you on a Monday September 20th the LA Galaxy get painted painted three to nothing against Minnesota in Minnesota. We're going to talk about that game a whole bunch of interesting stats for you. A whole bunch of things we want to br- want to break down. Uh, and obviously the schedule down the road now is very important to the LA Galaxy. Just one point ahead of the Portland Timbers who are in fifth place. Galaxy still holding on to that fourth place spot for the time being. We're going to talk about the weekend schedule coming up as well for all MLS games and watch games you need to watch. So a lot of fun stuff coming up for you to help me do all of that. He's back. It's the Panda himself. And he made a wardrobe change literally before I started this. Panda, I, I don't even know where to start, but but go ahead, just start. I don't I don't know well, what to say.
1: Well, let's see. I got to fix the camera again. There is it back yet? It, it will be. It will be. Just
0: keep talking. Don't don't let yeah, it well, don't let it, it distract it, you.
1: No, it's so. Uh, last week I got a little bit of a criticism for having a the shirt was a little bit unbuttoned. Right. And so I it was a U.S. national team jersey, and people were picking on the U.S. national team. So today I am bundled up, making sure that no one is offended by anything that I do or say.
0: I mean I'm so, a, I'm offended by the by the sheer amount of Manchester City gear you're currently wearing. To me that's offensive. I don't I don't know if everybody else will be, you know, as offended as as I am, but to me that's more offensive than your lack of chest hair. I think Michael Raho really was pointing out one that it wasn't so much the open shirt that you had on, it was the lack of carpet that you had on. If you're going <laughs> to open it, you got to have a good, you know, solid shag carpet in there.
1: A couple of things about that. One is uh, my Man City fandom has been in question because of Ted Lasso. Man City fans and Ted Lasso now, I think in three different episodes, have been painted as douchebag fans. Yes. So uh, um, I'm beginning to think if Ted Lasso doesn't like Man City fans, maybe I need to think about that a little bit. And by the way, Michael Araujo, no relation to Julian that I know of, um, also mentioned that we talked about pupusas a lot last week.
0: Yes, we we did.
1: So that... That is the secret word of the day. You're going to hear me in, in, in different times in the broadcast. I'm going to just just say pupusa just for absolutely no reason. By the way, say uh, speaking of people saying things for no reason, you had a tweet after the last home game. See if you remember this. I wrote it down. Smoke is swirling in the stadium. A coldish breeze is coming in off the ocean. It's fall. And that means the playoffs are around the corner. Yes. You can smell it. Yes. It wasn't the playoffs you smelt Someone farted. I know. I smelt that, too. It wasn't the playoffs.
0: It was. Was it Larry? He was sitting down from both of us. It was it was downwind. I don't think that was. I don't think it was Larry. No, it was. First of all, there's all these people who want to argue with me about fall. And I said fall started, you know, a while back and everybody wants to argue with me. And I told them I was uninterested in their facts on fall. I don't care when it officially starts. As soon as September comes around, as soon as it starts getting into that, that first week, for me, it's fall. And then we had that game. Um, The Houston game on Wednesday night, the only home game of September. So we're still in September, which means we don't get to go see live soccer, at least not for the Yale Galaxy uh, until October. So we know all of these things. October 3rd is whenever everybody will come back. That's the land of Donovan statue unveiling. It's an El Trafico. Uh, A bunch of reasons to get excited for that. But we know that that time right then, that was fall for me and I was ready and it did. It smelled. It's there's something about whenever it gets a little bit chilly. Whenever the wind blows just a little bit, whenever it starts getting that cool breeze at the See, stadium, that's why I'm dressed
1: like that's why I'm dressed like this.
0: Yeah. And and meanwhile, I say that it was like, you know, however hot today with some Santa Ana's blowing and stuff like that. And I was in Colorado over the weekend. And while while the the coast here, uh, the West Coast and, and SoCal had nice one, you had an earthquake while it was gone. So I appreciate that. Um, but while it was nice and cool here at the coast, uh, I, it was like 90, 91, 92 degrees in Denver and I did not appreciate it. was not fall in Colorado and I was, I was upset about that.
1: Global warming. I'm telling you, it's real.
0: It's, it's absolutely, it's, it's always hot in Denver until, until it snows, which it's now September. So it could snow. So, so just be, uh, buckled up for that. So, uh, yeah, happy to be back. But, uh, let's talk a little bit about Minnesota. Pupuses. Pupuses, oh. Yes. Uh, the Minnesota game three, nothing. Um,
1: it was a terrible game.
0: It, it wasn't a good game. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to do my, my journalistic duty here. And eventually I'm going to explain that maybe it wasn't as bad as everybody was and the, as everybody thinks it was. And the score definitely colors that. But having said that, uh, if you watched that game and didn't say it was a horrible game and that the galaxy played horribly, um, then you weren't really watching, right? If you can look. At
1: the I, I don't st- think they were dangerous all night. Uh, they
0: were. They just missed chances whenever they were dangerous. I mean, you they, can they see the chances. They had the ball for
1: an hour. They had the ball for 60 of the 90 minutes. They did. And 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 you just never really felt that Minnesota was under threat. And th- I mean, that's the first time that Minnesota's beat the Galaxy anywhere.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I will tell you that uh, it's, yeah, it was the first time that Minnesota... But I'm just telling you, look at the stats, and the Galaxy did have chances. I mean, if you want to point out guys... Um, in this look at Yovulich, he had a couple chances that he missed. Victor Vasquez had a big chance that he missed. Kevin Cabral got put in and he had a chance they missed. The bottom line is the galaxy are not capitalizing on the chances. They're not keeping the other team off the board. And I will have stats on that as we go along. Cause it's, this is the most, this is, I can fix the LA galaxy. I figured it out. I've looked at the stats, Kevin. I've compiled the numbers and I can fix the LA galaxy. And I will tell everybody how that happens. Uh, it's papusas is the answer uh, to that. Wow, yeah, that's
1: good. good. I, I would go for that.
0: Yeah, I know it was it was good. Papusas, the the secret word. That's not how the secret word works, and we only play that game on Thursday. So everybody, you know, buckle up. Um, so
1: that could be the secret word this Thursday. It
0: could be. You never know. Um, let's let's look at the starting lineup for the LA Galaxy. Um, Jonathan Klinsman in goal. Uh, Jonathan Bond is on the bench for this one. By the way, uh, this means that he is close to returning. He had a low grade. Quad strain—that's what the LA Galaxy were calling for Jonathan Bond. Uh, so there is, I think, a reasonable chance that you could see him start in Austin. If he was on the bench, he was good enough to be able to be there in case something happened to Jonathan Klinsman, and that means he's one step away. And with a full um, week of training and recovery and everything he does, I would imagine that Bond gets there. That being said, I think we talked to uh, the Galaxy on Thursday or Friday. I didn't even look at the schedule schedule today. Um, but Thursday or Friday is, is I think when when everything is going. Fun fun with my computer over here. Um, Thursday or Friday is when we'll talk and we'll get confirmation sort of on everybody's statuses and where everything is going. Um, so, we, the LA Galaxy's lineup that they started was Jovalich up top that with Cabral on the left hand side, Grand Sur on the right hand side, uh, Leggett and Kleschen starting in the middle, uh, uh, Revelison in the center, Hamilinan, Steris, Kulabale, Arajo, Steris, and Koulibaly, One of those guys is filling in for Derek Williams. I'm not sure who it is who's still coming off of a groin strain. Uh, and he is not and was not on the bench. So, he is still out. So, it's a question mark whether he'll be back for the game in Austin
1: that comes up on Sunday as but well. Let's talk about the bench for a minute, because you get Dos Santos Chicharito and Viafania on the bench
0: and Vasquez Vasquez as well. And was Vas-
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean those guys are hurt. Doesn't mean that they're not fit. Doesn't mean that, you know, it, it's squad rotation. we got three games in a week, right? right. Well, three games in 10 days, um, was, all on the road. It was, so
0: it was three games in seven days was what it was whenever they rotated for this. Now, um, Everybody wants, I don't know. There were, I think there were some people who were questioning the starting lineup. Tell me, Kevin, if you look at the starting lineup, is there any reason that that starting lineup wouldn't have been able to compete with Minnesota?
1: No, I mean, it, it's, it's, and, and, you know, a lot of those guys we just talked about the bench, they did come in. It wasn't like they didn't play, they just didn't start. I mean, my first thought was, Chicharito, is he hurt again? And it's like, no, it's squad rotation. It's, you know, he, he played 90 minutes. In the Houston game, after playing what sixty some minutes in Colorado at altitude, he needed a he needed a to take a blow. And I think same thing with Jonathan. And then Viafania, uh, you know what I think about him? I mean, I think he's a really key part to this team. has played really well, but Viafania would be my preference. He needs a little bit of a of a blow too. He runs a lot.
0: Yeah, he he does. And and I think that they're going to sort of move back and forth whenever we look at this. Uh, Hamalainen. Was at fault for the first goal. Um, Greg Vanny sort of single. He, Greg Vanny doesn't like to say names of people whenever they screw up, but he will say, "Hey, we headed the ball back into the middle," and and then we all know well that was Hamilline, and who headed the ball back into the middle. Um, the you know Greg Vanny was very much digging in on Kevin on on the details right, not getting the details right, not being in a correct position, resting whenever you're not supposed to be resting, instead of just pushing hard and getting in a better position so that way then you can rest. And he's been hounding on this all year, so I don't know that you can see, um, you know, I don't know that you could say that, that anything has been really fixed or, or sort of figured out. I will tell you that if you look at the expected goals on the Minnesota side, that the first two goals were very low probability shots. Now, having said that, Emmanuel Reynoso is a ridiculously good player. I think the Galaxy missed him the first time. He was injured whenever the Galaxy played him last time, um, and uh or he was just coming back. He wasn't a hundred percent. There was something that was going on there. If I remember correctly and the galaxy, you know, stole that first game in Minnesota one to nothing. And that's sort of, you know, that sort of kicked everything off. And by the way, that was the the last time the LA galaxy, I think won a game was that game against Minnesota. Um That last time. Is that correct
1: still? Or is it? I'm flicking. Yes, it is. And that was August 14th, but you know, the, the, you're going to get to some Greg Vanny quotes from your one-on-one interview, post-game <laughs> interview with him in a little bit.
2: I felt like but, that.
1: Uh, the thing, is, if you remember back to last year, I always felt Guillermo really didn't know what the problem was. You'd ask him post game what was the problem. Uh, you know, everything looked good in practice. We thought we had a good strategy. He really could never uh, suggest even uh, what needed to be fixed. Greg seems to have a pretty good idea, but the, the problem with Greg now is that he's repeating the same stuff. It seems to me week after week. So I get the impression he's in, if he's telling us, he's imparting this stuff onto his players. Yeah. And they're just not responding. And, and that's a bigger problem than not being able to diagnose what's going on. Yeah, but
0: it's not. I mean, it's it's not like not not responding, right? There's a there's a learning curve. They need to learn how to play the way that he wants them to play and how they're all supposed to play together, right? And that's not something that you can just say, hey, I'm going to tell you this is how it works. This is and and Vanny was, I, I think, pretty adamant about this one point is that the team needs to go through this together. They need to understand what's going on together because this is how things get fixed. You know, this is how things progress is this struggle, this thing that we're going Going through where we're not winning games, you know, winless now in five games or is it six? I think it's five, six, six games. Six. Oh, good. winless in six,
1: three out of their last eighteen points they've got eighteen um, points available. They've gotten three of them.
0: Yeah. And, and so winless in their last uh, six. This is the fifth time the Galaxy have been shut out all year. Um, some of those have most of those have come on lopsided scores, by the way. So whenever the Galaxy can't score, it seems like it's a problem. And not only does it lead to a problem, it leads to more goals coming the other way. Now, minus three on goal differential overall in the season. But whenever you go through this stuff, the struggle. Right. And he talks about this both when they're on the field. And when they're off the field, Kevin, right, he talks about how, um, you know, oh, well, you know, we had to we had to suffer. We had to suffer on the field because we couldn't control the ball. And therefore, it made it more difficult to us because we didn't put the game away. Right. I mean, he's talked about it a whole bunch, but now he's talking about suffering off the field, too. This is part of the learning curve. This is how teams get better. Um, And I'll never forget. It was Vanny talking about his TFC team. And he's like, listen, he goes, you know, we're only and I think it was either year two or year three. And he goes, listen, we're only in year two. These guys really haven't scratched the surface of the system yet. There has to be a development and a learning curve. And professional athletes are professional athletes. Absolutely. But the way that Greg wants them to play and the way that they have to play with each other has to come about. Um, And so it's. It's going to be, this is all part of, part of that learning curve. It's, it's not fun right now. If you're an LA galaxy fan, absolutely. When listen to the last six, like you said, only three points out of 18. Um, that is a problem that they're going to have to work through together. And if they work through it together and if they solve it together, it's, it does a lot better than if, you know, somehow you go out and try to buy all new players and try to fix it that way. Right. This is about learning and learning the system and understanding it and finding their level before they get to the playoffs.
1: Right. And and you need some continuity. If he really believes it's a two or three year plan, you can't just start overhauling the roster. Um, That's why I think a lot of these guys have been brought in on long-term contracts. We're talking about Grant Sear and and Cabral and those guys. The other thing that Greg talked about, too, is he said you know, the MLS season sort of divides itself up into different stages. The first 20 games, as you're just sort of figuring out who you are and what your starting lineup is and all that, he said these last 9 to 10 games, this is where you set the template for the playoffs. This is where you find out how you're going to play, how your opponents are going to play. Look at some of the teams we saw earlier in the season compared to now. Um, uh, and the way they've changed. I don't know, the Galaxy certainly have added personnel, but you look around the league, a lot of teams have a totally different personality than they did at the beginning of the season. That was Greg was talking about. The team that you have now, that's the team we're taking in the playoffs. We got to figure this out. And he said, you know, it's really this is when when things really get serious we're we're through the dog days we're through the feeling out stage we're through you know the summer doldrums this is now preparing for the playoffs uh every game is is preparing for the playoffs the galaxy by the way have 9 games left greg said 10 but it's 9, nine left now yeah. and five of them are on the road where the galaxy um do not have a good road record they're they are 4-5 uh, and 3 on the road um and that's where five of the last nine games are they do end the season at home with minnesota which, as you were mentioning before we started recording, that that could be the game that really determines everything.
0: Yeah, for, for Minnesota and maybe for the Galaxy as well. Let's listen to Greg Vanny talk real quick, and then we'll, we'll dive more into to what we saw on some of the things. I asked him, and I thought this was a pertinent question. I think, listen, uh, he was upset. Uh, obviously, you could see it. And so I always wonder, you know, how much of an—how how much— you know he's gonna explain things whenever he's upset. But to Greg's, you know, credit, every time we have asked him a question and he thinks it's it's worth his time to answer, he will go in hard and really try to explain it from what we said. But I asked him, I go, well, uh, you guys were winning games at the beginning of the year. You're not winning games now. Are we seeing a regression? Right. I I think that's fair to say you were you were doing pretty well. Now you're not doing so well. So that feels like a step backwards. Um, And I think Greg tried to say that there wasn't a regression, but also I think in his answer, maybe there is. So I'll let Greg Vanny uh, explain it to you.
3: Well, I think we are we're getting punished for our mistakes. Uh, I think, again, I, I still think that there are a handful of teams in our in the Western Conference. I'd say four probably that come to the top of my head that I think are very experienced senior teams that just, they make you beat them and they don't beat themselves. And I would put Minnesota in that group, Seattle in that group, right? Colorado has proven to be in that group. Uh, these teams don't beat themselves. You have to beat them. And if you make mistakes and you're on the wrong side of the game quickly, right? And, and, uh, these are the teams that we're trying to, I'm sure, I, Kansas City, I put them in that group. Sorry, I didn't put them there. But I put those group of teams as mature teams that just don't make mistakes. And our group over the course of the season is we, we just make, we make too many mistakes, which makes us very vulnerable, right? And in games in the past, we've been able to get the first goal, which maybe allows us at times to build a little momentum and things. And this this last stretch, I don't know when we, when we really got the first goal and held on to it for any period of time that the opposition had to expose themselves a little bit. We're we're conceding the first goal too often, right? And then those teams are just locking it down on us and making it difficult for us to score. So that's one of the issues. Second is now that we got everybody back we've got to get some some timing some continuity some flow some uh some rhythm back into to our game the speed at which we attack the timing at which things are happening all this stuff needs to um you know needs to tighten up that that guys are here so again we're we're not at a we're at that stage and this team needs to go through this stage of the season together as a group and and they're going to need to suffer a little bit and they're going to hopefully they're going to find some great moments. But this is where you find out in these last 10 games what this league is really about. The first 20 games and some of that is you're learning the ebbs and flows of the league. You're learning what the summer grind is about. But the last 10 games is where you find where the level of the league is at and where where players are in their readiness to be able to win playoff games, to win championship games, to win the biggest one. This is where where we're going to find out a little bit of, of where we're at and who needs to keep progressing, which we have a good sense and, and who's ready to win games.
0: All right, there we go. A little, little Greg Vanny for, for yeah. everybody. Go ahead.
1: So the, uh- about the first goal, conceding or scoring the first goal, there must be some stats on that. Wouldn't you think someone would have some stats that? The, how do the Galaxy do vis-a-vis first goals? You know you, Kev- know,
0: you know, Kevin. I'm so glad that you asked because I spent a good 35 minutes today actually trying to figure that out. You would think, no way, you really. Would, you would think this would be a stat that the LA Galaxy or MLS would readily have available because giving up the first goal or get, or scoring, uh, you know, or allowing the first goal used to be a common stat that they used to put out before every single game. But now it feels like, oh, you guys are fine. You guys figure it out yourselves. No problems. Like I have the 35 minutes to go through every game. Screw it up once. And then go back and do it again whenever you realize what it is. But yes, Kevin, as a matter of fact, I did have time to do that today. No way. I did. So um, here we go. Let's uh, let's go. Whenever the LA Galaxy score the first goal, first of all, um, it is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 games in which they have scored the first goal. I could have added it up at the end, too, but I wanted to count them. 14 games in which the LA Galaxy have scored the first goal. They are 10, 2, and 2 when they score the first goal. That's good for 32 points of their 38 points they have on the season. So that must mean Kevin, the inverse of that can't be very good. And you would be correct. The LA galaxy are one, seven and three whenever they allow the first goal. And I would like to point out, uh, I have these listed by match on here as well. Um, And if you look the 20th game, the 21st game, the 23rd game, the 24th game, the 25th game, the LA galaxy just got done playing the 25th game. All of those games outside of that, that 20, uh, that, that 19th, let's see the 22nd game in there. Um, all those games, they allowed the first goal. And in all of those games, uh, they failed to get a result. They got three losses, um, in there in those last games and two draws out of that. So one, seven and three, the LA galaxy have gotten a total of six points on the entire year. Whenever they allow the first goal, Kevin, I've figured out how to fix the LA galaxy. They just have to score first.
1: If they score first, they have a much better chance. it's, It's so easy. I, I, I wonder if Greg's listening. Maybe Greg will. <laughs> he's listening. You know, as bad as the Galaxy play and as bad as those stats look, you know, try to, try to look for the positive, try to look for the silver lining to the black cloud. Galaxy are still in fourth. They are. Uh, as bad as they played. I mean, three out of their last 18 possible points, and they haven't lost any position in the standings. They're still in fourth. If the playoffs open tomorrow, which they're not going to, but if they did, the Galaxy would have a home game. Now, the danger is the team that's one point behind them if those two teams flip places, the Galaxy would play them in the playoff opener, fourth and fifth. That's Portland. They play on turf. Galaxy are terrible on the road. They're even worse on turf. Um, finishing in the top four and getting that home playoff at uh, the home field advantage in the playoffs, you know, where the galaxy have a very good record. They're seven, four, and two at home. They need to do that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's a that's an obvious thing to look at. I mean, I just Tell me, tell me, Kevin, we've watched these games now, and how many games have we seen in this losing streak or this winless streak, this six-game winless streak that we've seen? How many games have we seen the LA Galaxy come out with their hair on fire in those games?
1: No, they, just, they don't. It, listless is the, the, the sort of the last couple of games. I've described them as listless or, or sort of uninterested, unmotivated, which is strange because, this, as Greg said, this is the time of the season when you really got to be at your best.
0: Yeah. It's important for that. Um, he, he went on to explain those two goals. I mean, again, Emmanuel Reynoso hit two great goals. Um, he said, and my favorite quote from him was, you know, Hey, a good player, you know, a good player, you know, hit a good ball. He's like surprise, right? Like, no, that's, that's what happens. Um, he talks about the defensive errors and and we focus so much on the defense. Um, And in this particular case, uh, yeah, I mean, there's certainly something to this. I will also say that whenever you go into the XG and look at the look at the stats and sort of where the big chances came, um, I will tell you the one stat to me that sort of tells the there's two stats that I think tell this whole story. And it's none of these like advanced analytics or anything like this. But if you looked at at expected goals in the game flow, the LA Galaxy had 0.71 expected goals and Minnesota had 0.64. That's how. That's how, um, let's see, how difficult the, the, the goals that they made, that's their chances in there. That's how difficult it was. They scored three goals while basically outperforming their XG by two and a half goals plus, right? So when you look at that and you say, okay, you know, can, can I go back and look at this game and see it a little bit more clearly? And the answer is no, you can't. Um, and the reason that you can't Kevin is because as you so correctly pointed out, the LA galaxy held 60% of the possession in this, right? Um, they were, they outpassed There's 600 passes to 300 passes roughly between the LA galaxy and Minnesota, right? The pass success, 90% for the LA galaxy, 81% for Minnesota. What happened in this game that allowed Minnesota to sit back and defend and not have to worry about anything is the fact that they got two first half goals in the first 20 minutes, Right? That's, yeah, and, and that's, that's
1: that third go- the third goal the, the finley goal the breakaway goal that was a clear situation of getting beat while you're 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 pushing forward you know sending numbers forward that was a gift goal the other thing is um Jonathan Klinsman did not make a save three shots on goal three goals uh you know when's the last time a goalkeeper did not have a save and gave up three goals in the same game that, that seems kind of unusual.
0: So so the big stat for me, one was the possession one because it, it tells so much of uh, of sort of where everything is going. The other one is the chances, right? The chances. Minnesota had 10 chances to the LA Galaxy's five, but they only had 30% percent uh, possession, right? So you look at all these things. These all add up to what did, you know, on Thursday's show, and I've been saying this, Kevin, and I think that the stats that I've given you so far in terms of when the Galaxy scored the first goal, what, what their record is. That stat proves my point even more, in my opinion, is that the LA Galaxy are not a possession-based team right now. They don't have the ability to do that, to get forward and to create and manufacture chances the way that they want to do it. And if you're going to Minnesota, it's a great opportunity to be that counter-attacking team. And and I I think we were having a discussion on the Discord. People said, Well, when you say counter-attacking, I think speed. And I look at this and I go, I don't know that I have that speed in this. Chicharito's not fast, right? He's quick. He's not fast. Um, You know, Cabral... Doesn't Cabral has some sneaky speed. He's just very smooth with how he runs, but I still think he has some pace sometimes. Grand Sear is probably the fastest one out of those top forwards that you're sort of looking at and saying, okay, where's that speed coming from? Julian Araujo is quick on the outside. He can put some speed into things. Um, you know, the midfield is a little older, so not that fast. So everybody says, well, how can you play a counterattacking without speed? And it's, it's not always about speed. It's about positioning. And I think the Galaxy do a better job of throwing numbers forward and pressing on a counterattack than they do whenever they have to build Build up tentatively, and certainly it's tentative. You look at the 600 passes; that's 600 passes that did absolutely nothing, by the way, for most of the night. Um, you know, you can't you can't manufacture those those positions without without being better than the LA Galaxy current are. And if you score first, it allows you to absorb some pressure and to counterattack and open up leads and be more assertive in this. And,
1: yeah. That last point is is the good one. I mean, once you score first, it changes the game, especially when you get two early goals, which Minnesota did. It allows you to sit back, you don't have to f- force it. You can score on the breakaway when you get an opportunity to go forward. You don't have to press it. When you have a good goalkeeper like Tyler Miller, too, you you know, you can put numbers back and absorb pressure, and it really changes all those stats. All of a sudden, yeah, the Galaxy has the ball. 60 percent of the time why because minnesota doesn't need it they got two goals they don't need the ball and they're just going to sit back and absorb pressure and their job at that point is to not make any mistakes and when you look at the passing numbers i think back to the world cup qualifier the u.s and canada um when the u.s dominated possession and, and again had a lopsided number of passes and accurate passes but 75% of the uh, or yeah, only 25% of the passes went forward. 75% either went lateral or backwards. So just because you're passing, you may be passing the ball back to the goalkeeper to reset your offense. That's a, a pass, it's a completed pass, but it doesn't help you offensively. So that that's what you talked about, scoring the first goal is really the big one because it really changes the way you can play. And when you get two goals, um you know, even more so.
0: Yeah, it, it, it totally changes and obvious. I mean, these are obvious things, but it's things the LA Galaxy have not been doing right. And Greg Vanny called it out in his in his presser basically and saying, you know, when was the last time that we like went up a goal and put any sort of pressure on anybody to, to have to come up and manufacture something against us? And the answer is, it's been a while, Greg. It's been a while. Um, and. Listen, I know people and, and I've seen this. First of all, I think there's people questioning whether Greg Vanney knows what his start best starting 11 is. The answer is yes, he does. Absolutely. hundred uh, percent. Just when you have three games in, in a week, right? A Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday. Uh, you're not able to just go ahead and just throw whoever you want on there. So uh, but he also made a point in this press conference to say, listen. That the time for that is now we are going to start doing that. We have nine games left, basically, um, and we're going to have to go out there and play. It's about who can produce for us. I don't care who it is. Right. And so you're going to see I think that you will see um, against Austin what what Greg Vanny thinks is his best 11 headed towards the playoffs is Um, and I think that you could you will see a consistency that you have not seen. I've in recent times with the galaxy down this stretch as they go sort of through things, which makes it really interesting because uh, a guy like Kevin Cabral might be better off the bench. A guy like Grant Sheer might be better off the bench for, for Greg Vanny. I think that Victor Vasquez might be a better guy off the bench. If you're able to play everybody, um, you know, I think Jonathan Dos Santos uh, is is on the verge of playing himself off this team, and so you know, I wouldn't be surprised if you don't see him in that. And I know Eric and I sort of went over on Thursday night, sort of where, what we think or what our what our options are in terms of what the best eleven is, and and my argument will continue to be that your best eleven also includes your best five subs that you want to bring in as well. And so, yes, Vasquez is very good, and you may think that he should start every single game, but maybe it's going to be where can you go with that lineup as well. Vanny's best 11 will have options built into it to go to different formations with guys off the bench replacing and coming in. And so everybody's going to know their role here, it feels like, in the next couple of games. Um, well,
1: and in the, in the guys have three games coming up before the international break. They have the Austin game, they have... Uh, Real Salt Lake and then LA at LAFC in, the, in the, the derby game, the El Trafico, then they get a two-week break. And that two-week break is going to be really big for them, I think, because a lot of the players that uh, maybe have some health issues, some questions about uh, you know different things, We're talking about Derek Williams, Jonathan Bond, those are guys that are not going to be called up by their national team. So they, they're going to have two weeks to rest and recover and rehab. Chicharito is another one. Um, you know, Vasquez is going to get a break. Sasha Kleshin is going to get a break. Um, I, I think that's going to be a real huge time for the Galaxy to to really recoup and sort of get some R&R and, and get ready for that final sprint to the playoffs.
0: Yeah, that, that, and that sprint is coming. I I mean, it's very important to say that that sprint. Actually, it's here. The Galaxy are already in that. Uh, The fact that they have an entire week, though, is also a good thing. Uh, Vanny has lamented not having enough time to actually train and get these guys going. Even whenever they had the two weeks off for the uh, the international break, Kevin, the international guys were gone. And so they didn't have those guys. So this will be one of the weeks where they actually have everybody together and they're able to train. Uh, I think Patrick was talking about it in the chat room as well. And Patrick said, you know, it must be really hard to try to make this new team when you're playing a game every three to four days you can't and and I know people want to argue with me all the time you can't train every single day like you play there's a game and then you have to have a recovery day so you don't get to train the day after the game and a lot of times they have uh, time off as well right and so we look at all these things and we can say Okay, you know, that already limits where you're sort of able to do. It. And then you have to travel, right? Well, you're not going to train the day that you travel. Usually you do a walkthrough, not a training, a walkthrough in the morning, light little jog, a little stretching. Then you go through sort of the game predictions, how everything's going to go. So that's not a training day. That's not that's not the day to work on things, Kevin. The day before that is usually implementing the tactics that you're going to put in for that game. Again, it's about the game coming up, not necessarily training day. So it gets very difficult to get out there and actually work on the team. And people can argue about this all the time right but i mean there's there's basic human physiology that we have to acknowledge is is a part of the game um and you know one of those things is like you don't start chicharito against um against minnesota because he he you already you got him 60 minutes you had him go 90 minutes kevin as you pointed out he's a guy coming back from injury you're not going to start him. he's going to get to play but he's not going to start you need to you need to
1: work him back into that shape and put put that lineup back up okay can you put the lineup yep. back up so when you look at this, who are the guys that are going to go away on international duty? Legit, right? Yep. Uh, from the starters here, Legette and and Ryan are the only two. Maybe if Ar- if Araujo uh, declares, the rest of these guys, they're all going to be there. Uh, and I guess, would, uh, went up last time. He may go. Guys on the bench, Dos Santos uh, would go and Fisher would go. But for the most part, uh, maybe maybe Alvarez. But for the most part, the point is, for the most part, the majority of the guys you're counting on down the stretch are going to get two weeks off right before the playoffs push starts. And, and I, I realize it has started now, but, I mean, the the final drive to the playoffs where there's n- not any opportunity for mistakes, um, those guys are going to be all rested, recovered, and, and ready to go. I think that's a break for the Galaxy because when you look at some other teams, I mean, Seattle sends like half their team off to international duty. A lot of these other teams will be sending guys off. Um, the Galaxy kind of get a break in that. Yeah. That the international break actually comes at a very good time for them.
0: Well, well just talking about sort of having to go through the, the, the training week the Galaxy have today, the Galaxy are off, are off on Monday and Tuesday. And, Kevin, everybody's, oh, well, why, why would you be off on Monday and Tuesday? You played a game on Saturday. Well, you have Sunday, which was a recovery day. That was after they flew back, right? So they have the recovery day. They're getting two days off because Greg Van Eyen knows, unlike uh, a previous coach, with uh, three initials in his in his uh, name that we used to use all the time. Bruce
1: Arena. That's only two. <laughs> that's
0: only two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, GBS. Uh, he knows that you can only run so much. You can only put in so much work. And so having d- days off on Monday and Tuesday are about recovery, about taking care of your body, about getting ready. Then they're going to train Wednesday and Thursday. They'll do the walkthrough on Friday. They travel. F- uh, actually, the, uh, that's not even true because they're going to do. They're going to have another day of training on Friday. So they will do have training Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Uh, media available by the way is on friday at 12 45 that always does good for a thursday show i will sit here this is what we think they'll say tomorrow that'll be fun um but then they will train on saturday and saturday is that walkthrough that we were sort of talking about before because the galaxy will travel to austin saturday afternoon in order to be ready for that uh that 8 30 p.m pacific that's not right why do they keep they keep screwing this stuff up there's no way is it really an 8 30 if they called it an 8 30 p.m pacific time what t- what time is that game actually
1: I don't know. Six
0: thirty p.m. Pacific time. There you go. Six thirty. So it's eight thirty yeah. Central Austin time. time. Yes.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And by the way, you know, you mentioned traveling. Uh, the you know the Saturday afternoon. They
0: they have it right. By the way, they have it right at six thirty. I read that when the media call was going to start at eight thirty, so they were fine. Sorry, my bad. Wow. But, yeah. That's,
1: that's cheap. By the way, don't, you don't have to worry about the media call. Just I I just make up the quotes, and no one's ever <laughs> yeah. called me. On. But the idea of using charter flights, by the way, has really changed everything. I mean, the Gal- look at the galaxy get an extra day of training before they go, and they're going to get to do their rehab back here. Before they come back, and normally with a game on that at that time, they would have had to travel probably Friday, and they would have had to stay overnight, which costs them two days of training in a seven-day period. So the charter flight thing, um, I hope it's here to stay. I mean, I know it's a COVID thing and it's necessary, and and props to MLS for doing that. And by the way, you got some other COVID news coming up, but um, it, it's it's I think if you talk to any player, or coach, team administrator, anybody that has to do with travel, deal with the travel. It's changed everything. And by the way, one more word, papusa.
0: Very good. I'm I'm glad you got that in there. Um, Yeah, speaking of the the, the L.A. County health order that's being updated um, and uh, that was put out, uh, they're expecting an update to basically a vaccination policy slash a 72-hour COVID test. Uh, All of this will go into effect on October 7th, okay? So you don't have to worry about anything until October 7th. That means El Trafico on October 3rd will not be under these new rules. But basically, in order to get into any Mega event, that's 10,000 people or more. Certainly, um, October 3rd's game will will crest that, uh, that small hill um, there. Uh, the LA Galaxy, or, or if you're going into anywhere, you're going to have to show either proof of vaccination or you're going to have to uh, have a COVID test within the last 72 hours. Um, that is going to be the basic rule. It looks like from here on down the chain for any of the LA galaxy home games. Uh, There's also that employees have to be vaccinated. That is part of that. Um, Media media has to be uh, vaccinated or with the 72 hour test as well. Um, All of those things will be in place um, to go. If you're under 12 years old and, and I'm going to be nice because on Twitter, I wasn't nice because I just asked people to use their brains a little bit. If you're under 12 years old and not currently eligible to be be vaccinated then there is no requirement for you to be vaccinated. That's not a surprise. Everybody should sort of figure that one out whenever you do your like, you know, cause and effect and connect things for your SAT words. That was what? that was one of those things that you could have deduced, but I will I will tell you that's that's where it stands uh right now. Now, the one thing I will say before cuz Kevin, I think you no know, you have an interesting sort of take on this as well with Minnesota United fans um and supporters groups is that I expect the uh enforcement of this new policy to be lackadaisical yeah it's yeah it's 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 not it's not going to be anything serious. i i doubt that they will do very much to to really enforce that
1: well a couple things first of all barbara ferrer who is the um uh, la county health supervisor person whatever her title is uh, she must be a soccer fan she looked at the schedule and said no we can't we we can't do this before el trafico we'll wait till after so that great great for her you know people that want to complain about this rule look California is the largest state in the union. Um, we now have the lowest vaccine posit- positive or COVID positivity rate in the country. Um, we've nailed it. Yeah, it's taken a lot of sacrifice by a lot of us, but this is not the time to back off on that. I mean, we're doing really well. If you got to get a, a COVID test, where I get them, they're they're free. I mean, I don't know, you know, if if that's universal, get the COVID test. Get the vaccine is what you really need to do. I mean, let's not back off. Let's not complain about we. Oh, geez, we don't get to see. Um, sporting Kansas City uh, uh, because we're not vaccinated. Do the right thing. Um, a, a lot of people are complaining about the fact that these tests are not, that these rules are not being enforced. I've heard people complain at Dodger Stadium that people are not wearing their masks, which they're supposed to be with doing when they're not eating they're walking around the concourse without the mask man come on just follow the rules it's not that hard um what you mentioned about minnesota is this is really interesting you know we we hear uh, and you read on social media about people complaining about having to wear a mask in costco and all this stuff the supporters groups in minnesota they're actually going to boycott Allianz field there's some of the concession stands and things there because the team is not demanding that people get vaccinated or show Uh, uh, proof that they passed the test. So the supporters groups are saying, look, if the team doesn't care about us, we're not going to care about the team. And the the, the supporters groups are actually going on strike. When I posted that on Facebook, I got some response immediately from people down in Atlanta saying, you know, Atlanta needs to do this too. Now the fans are starting to say, hey, uh, team's got to start taking this seriously. I I, I think we've kind of reached an important part in this fight when the fans are starting to say, Please force us to do what is the right thing. Force the fan next to me to take the same care for me that I'm taking for him. So do the right thing.
0: I, I, I think that uh, that the L A rules is as much uh, as open as they can possibly make it right because it is we're giving you an option. You don't have to be vaccinated. You can still go get this COVID test. So let's go do that, and then you can do fun things. I think the fun things. Quote unquote, I was talking with, uh, professor Steve bank, which was, uh, which was fun. He was, he and I were talking back and forth about some of the requirements about it. So shout out to Steve, uh, teaching at UCLA. Uh, he's great. I have actually been up to an event that he had, that he had or hosted at uh, UCLA law school that he invited me up to just check out. It was a, it was a great event in the morning and it was tons of fun about FIFA and corruption and a whole bunch of stuff. It was really interesting. Uh, if, if, if all the law classes F-
1: FIFA and corruption,
0: yeah, I know, really, really, yeah, where'd that come from? Um, So it's, it's, uh, but he was talking and he was, I said, you know, I think more and more the fun things are going to start being more and more restrictive, right? If you want to go out to eat at at a dinner and really when you look at it, this, this updated rule is really, I think more centered towards indoor venues and indoor restaurants and stuff like that. Um, then it is even more so than the mega outdoor stuff. It's just that they're catching those 10,000 plus events in there. But I said, you know, the more and more fun things that you're going to want to do, they're going to, they're going to have restrictions for that. And Steve said, um, Steve goes, well, my class must be be really fun then he goes because you know it's a mandate it's mandated uh, at ucla that you're vaccinated in order to attend the classes and, and do all that stuff so i was like oh see so there they, it is fun steve's classes are fun yeah. steve's great so
1: you, you know one of the things that that uh i don't know if you knew this but photographers who uh, with the media at, at these games media and staff you know meaning janitors and public relations people and and team executives they're different tiers tier one two and three and we're, I believe, in tier three, right? So we're we we do not actually get to mix with the players.
0: Absolutely.
2: We
1: do everything by zoom. We stay up in the press box. We can't go down pitch side. Now Nikki is different. Nikki is pitch side, so she's tier one. I think she's tier one, yeah. The photographers and the people like Nikki who are tier one. Yep, they all have to have uh they all have to show proof of a of a negative COVID test within 72 hours. So if you're a photographer and you're in the galaxy, have three games in a week, which they have before you're getting tested every other day, because if you're a photographer or you're Nikki and you're going to be on the field, you have to show proof that you have not just a vaccine, but a negative COVID test as well. Yeah. So MLS has been pretty serious about this. I think from the start,
0: yeah. And AEG has a, uh, has a vaccine policy for all of their salaried workers, um, in there. And I don't think it's at part-time level yet. And it's not at players because obviously players have the CBA. Uh, there was a, there was an early draft of this LA County order that, that called out participants also needing to be well, vaccinated and, or, th- and that's
1: changing. You, did yeah. you see baseball now? They back baseball had the same kind of rule as MLS. It's like, we can't ask you to get vaccinated, we can't force you, you can't tell us who's vaccinated or not. And so everyone's playing this game. Oh, you know, Joe Smith didn't go to Toronto. So, you know, he's, baseball said now in the playoffs, anyone who's on the field, a reporter, an umpire, uh, a, you know, a bat boy, a player, they all have to be vaccinated. Not none of this positive, you know, negative test thing. You have to be vaccinated. You're a ball boy, you're an umpire, uh, whatever you are, you're a groundskeeper. If you're on the field during the baseball playoffs, You need to be vaccinated. Maybe that's it could be where that's going to go with MLS, too.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll see how that all comes down. I know that's part of some CBA discussions. And as I have reported, the L.A. Galaxy are over the 85 percent as mandated by uh, Major League Soccer.
1: But meaning 15 percent are not.
0: Yeah. I mean, come on. But that's also tier one employees right that's that's tier one that includes you know players coaches front office staff anybody who's tier one basically is is over that 85 percent and that's all the information now i imagine that it's more than that i don't know how much more than that because they will not let us go they won't they won't tell us Um, which, by the way, they argued it was a HIPAA violation. I said, it's not. I'm not asking for specific information on a player. I'm asking for overall. And all I got was the 85%. So that's what we know about the LA Galaxy, which means that, by the way, let's say Vancouver makes the playoffs. Is Vancouver able to make the playoffs? Where are they? They're way down there. Yeah, they're they're coming up. They're they're coming up. Okay, they are. They're in ninth. So if Vancouver makes the playoffs, the LA Galaxy would have to go to Vancouver to play. Then the requirements to travel into Canada, uh, there are vaccine requirements in order to go. And that's where we've seen players not make trips across the border when they haven't been vaccinated. That's still something that could happen. So imagine that the LA galaxy get in a position and that would be a pretty poor position if somehow Vancouver was above them and they'd have to go, but that you wouldn't have certain players available to you because you couldn't go across the border with them. That is something that could affect the play, which is why we try to keep track of, of sort of where that's heading and how that's going. It's it's, it's an interesting
1: thing. you talk about the CBA and and, and not requiring players to get vaccinated. It'd be interesting to have Steven bank here to tell us right now, I'm guessing the way baseball gets run out with the playoffs is the regular season. That's your contract. You are under contract to play. The playoffs are something that you've won. It's a perk. It's a different distinction. I'm guessing that's how baseball got around it in their CBA. I think MLS could do the same thing. Look, you know, your, your contract is to play regular season games. Fine. We're not going to force you to get vaccinated. You make the playoffs. That's a privilege you have to go along with these rules.
0: Uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see where that all goes uh, as it heads down. Let's look at the uh, the schedule coming up uh, for the LA Galaxy again. I know we talked about you know Austin coming up at the end of this week, Salt Lake City being away at Salt Lake, away at Austin. So away at Austin, away at Salt Lake. Those are the next two games the LA Galaxy have. That's a midweek game for the Galaxy. So Austin is on Sunday. The Galaxy will play. I believe Wednesday um, is it the 29th Wednesday. Kevin, can you? Yes, it on? is. All and right.
1: that game will be at altitude
0: again. At altitude again against Salt Lake. Uh, midweek. That one won't be any fun. We talked about being home and Landon Donovan getting a statue unveiled, which we saw the place where the statue is being placed. We did whenever we were leaving the stadium. So uh, that is there as well. Um, so that will be there October 3rd El Trafico LA Galaxy versus LAFC. LA Galaxy will host Portland on 1016. They're away to Houston on 1020. They're home to Dallas on 1023 uh, and then some games that hopefully that won't matter that much for the LA Galaxy because the next two would be against the you know number one number two teams in the Western Conference at some point here is Kansas City on and the Seattle, road. Both of them on the road. Kansas and City Gal- Galaxy
1: always have a hard time on the road in Kansas City. Well, both places.
0: Yep, yep, absolutely. Uh and then they will finish out like you said at home versus this Minnesota team that just beat them 3 nothing. Um but again, trying to do that on at home for the LA Galaxy will be much better. That one I think if you're an LA Galaxy fan, you're hoping that on 11/7 that that game means absolutely nothing. Because having to win or play in, by the way, it very well could be one of these games is a must win game. We haven't had any of those this year, despite everybody saying every game is a must win.
1: No, um, the only game that's going to be a must win would be the last game. Because like we've always said, if you have a must win and you lose, what do you do?
0: Yep. Yeah, yeah. There's no place to go from that. Plus, it's, it's just not a must win if you can but, lose but, I mean, it and not have like something.
1: A, yeah. Take a look at this. Forget the, the Austin and Salt Lake games. This last little stretch here. Uh, LAFC, Portland, Houston, uh, Dallas, and, uh, well, those four, before we get to Kansas city, man, the galaxy really, I mean, they have, well, they don't have to do anything, but they really need to win three of those four games, um, uh, because of the way the schedule finishes Kansas city is going to be a tough game there, Seattle, you know, it's a, uh, really scary place, uh, for the galaxy to go play, you know, on Lumen field, those are games that are going to be super tough. I mean, if the Galaxy got two points out of those games, that would be great. They need to ro- really roll the table, uh, run the table when they they go in those four games leading up to Kansas City.
0: Well, I think it's super interesting just looking at that out of those out of those games that down the stretch. Once you hit October, the balance of home games falls in favor of the LA Galaxy, right? Because they have one, two, three, four games, and they have one, two, three games on the road once you hit October. So that's when right. that's when you would expect the Galaxy would pick up the bulk of their points down this stretch. But you know but
1: it, look who they're playing. Yep. Holy cow.
0: LAFC, Portland, those are put those are difficult games, but they're at home. You should still win those if you're the LA Galaxy. Dallas is a game you should win. Minnesota is a game you should win at home all four of those games are winnable games and they're not like, it's not like you're playing Sporting Kansas City or Seattle at home or Colorado even at home and we saw Colorado come in and do that. All of these are winnable games and there's a time in here, it feels like, for the Galaxy to find form, Kevin. There's a time in here for the Galaxy to get comfortable at home and return to scoring goals early and then defending a little bit and actually getting to, you know, get up on teams and score goals. But that that has to happen, um, you know, through the end of September here, the last, uh, the last two games on the road here to, to to close everything out with austin and salt lake and then you have to get into october knowing that you have four of your seven last games are at home
1: well and circle that portland game because that's a six-point game again portland is the team that is uh, uh, battling the galaxy for fourth place i think they're a point behind them now um if the galaxy lose that battle finish fifth portland finishes fourth they go to play them on the turf a place where the galaxy have struggled in portland That's a big game. I also think that LAFC game is a big game, too. Uh, Obviously, El Trafico, all all the emotion involved in that, the rivalry, the fact that LAFC is showing a bit of life now, um, that's a big game as well. Seattle, you know, Nicholas Lodero just had uh, arthroscopic ankle surgery today. Uh, He's been slowed all year. I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, frankly, for the Galaxy because if that fixes the problem he had and he's able to play by then, um, Seattle may be a different team if they're missing him. Um, you know, they're not as strong. So keep an eye on that as well.
0: Well, there's, there's another thing that starts to happen around this time of year as well. You have to start scoreboard watching, Kevin, right? We talked about uh, the Portland Timbers. Let's go over those those standings here real quick, just because I think the standings are important. Then we'll get into the schedule. Um, Eastern Conference, and you and I were talking about New England. You're actually going to go uh, cover one of their games uh, coming up here towards the uh, towards after the international break. Is that what, when it's happening?
1: Right. Right after the international break, go see Bruce Arena, because he is on pace right now with New England to break the MLS single season points record they're on pace to finish with 73 points which i think would be one better than what lafc had maybe two better um and they also have a chance to set the record for uh for Most wins, wins in, yeah. the po- in the post uh a shootout era
0: yeah it's it's uh it's an interesting to watch uh 56 points my dark horse team nashville is now up into second place in the eastern conference can they still be dark horse they are whenever they lose to toronto on the road so that happened this weekend um i still think nashville has new england's ticket. so whenever it gets to the playoffs nashville is going to sort of soar up there new york city fc is sort of doing and orlando are sort of doing what the la galaxy are doing which is sucking but not moving um and so uh you see new york city at 38 and orlando at 38 points there same as the The LA Galaxy, by the way, uh, that gets you into third and fourth in the Eastern Conference there. Montreal, 37 points. Atlanta has been storming forward. Uh, You get a healthy Joseph Martinez, and what do you know? You start scoring goals, and Atlanta seems to have found something. 36 points now uh, in sixth place and in the playoff position right now. Philadelphia just down there at the bottom of the line with 35 points. Um, That was your supporter shield winner last year in a highly modified schedule. Uh, DC United, Miami, Columbus, New York, Chicago, Cincinnati, and Toronto are all the teams that are below the line. DC and Miami and Columbus are still in a position to still rise up and get above that line. I think everybody else, New York, Chicago, Cincinnati, uh, you might start writing those guys off. So that's your Eastern Conference, Kevin. Uh, As we get to the Western Conference, we talked about a Kansas City number one team, 46 points in the Western Conference, Seattle, 45 points, Uh, the Kansas City Uh, Sporting Kansas City has played 25 games, Seattle, 24 games, Colorado, 24 games, LA Galaxy, 25 games. Uh, There's a mix in here, Minnesota, 24 games. So Minnesota has a game in hand on the LA Galaxy and are only four points behind them as it stands right now. So it goes Kansas City with 46 points, Seattle 45 points, Colorado 44 points, the LA Galaxy 38 points just above that line. We told you Portland moved within a point. Uh, they beat LAFC over the weekend. Um, so that was a get that brought them from 34 points all the way up to 37 points. Uh, we're going to tell you here in a second that Portland actually plays before the LA Galaxy this weekend. And so there's a good chance that going into Sunday, Portland Timbers will be above the LA Galaxy in the standing. So one to watch and we'll show you that game here in a second. Uh, Salt Lake City only two points behind the LA Galaxy. Minnesota only four points behind the LA Galaxy. Uh, LAFC is just five points behind the LA Galaxy. So all of these guys, and you look at the games against Portland, RSL, Minnesota, LAFC, Seattle, Sporting Kansas City. Um, There's a game against Dallas who's down in 11th right now and just fired their coach after they got rid of a lot of their young talent and then didn't replace it and then blame the coach. You know That was sort of like the LA Galaxy promoting the entire USL team in 2017 and then firing an alpha for it. Um, So that's fun too. Uh, Always fun to sort of watch uh, Dallas meltdown um, so that's interesting Dallas Houston and Austin all the Texas teams 11 12 and 13 um, so it, I guess you could say in this particular case um, and I'm sure only in this particular case Texas sucks right now uh, Dallas Houston and Austin all at the bottom there uh, and Austin the LA Galaxy's next component only 19 points all season um, they have just five wins all season and only three of those have come at home. So uh, the LA Galaxy definitely have a chance, uh, three, seven and two at home. The LA Galaxy definitely have a chance to pick up three points.
1: Well, you know, what? when you look at these standings, what's really jumps out to me is, is aside from the standings itself, you know, who's positioned where is trying to get above that line, uh, the top four, because there are some teams there that uh, really have a, uh, a play in a difficult place for road teams. And I'm thinking about Seattle, which I don't think they've lost a home playoff game. Well, I guess they did the MLS Cup, but um, they're very difficult at home, especially in the playoffs. So Seattle right now has a home playoff game. Colorado at altitude, and it's going to be a weather problem You know, with the playoffs in November and December. As you know in Colorado, the weather could be really tough there, and it's at altitude. Portland also on the turf. We got uh, Real Salt Lake at altitude. They're below the line now, but they could come up. They're at altitude. Weather problems uh, with them as well. And then Minnesota is so good at home. And do you really want to go to Minneapolis-St. Paul in November or early December? I don't.
0: Yeah, I, well, I mean, uh, you, you don't want to go maybe there. for a hockey game. That's that's like going to Scotland in January or February. It's not it's not a good idea. I, I'm dressed.
1: I'm, I'm looking look, I'm ready.
0: Yeah, you're not even close for that. Scotland like sideways <laughs> rain that they get and all that. Uh, let's look. And I said we were going to sort of scoreboard watch. So let's sort of see where everything falls coming up this week with games and games that you're going to want to watch around the Western Conference. Well, I put up Wednesday's schedule and there's no games. There's there's no there's no Wednesday schedule on the Western Conference, only the Eastern Conference, Miami, Nashville, Chicago, New England and New York, New York. City, so a little Derby game there in New York, a midweek Derby uh, on nine twenty two. So you can check that one out if you're so. A um, New interested. York Derby
1: being played in New Jersey.
0: It's all, tons of fun, good times. Uh, Saturday, September twenty fifth. This is where it starts to get interesting. Uh, certainly, you have to look always to the latter part. Colorado will take on Toronto. You would expect that, being Colorado's hosting Toronto, Colorado should be able to uh, advance past that. You have Minnesota and Houston uh, who will play against each other coming up this weekend. So that one has some ramifications for Minnesota. Minnesota hosting the Houston Dynamo uh lafc will go away to san jose uh fc dallas is away at vancouver and portland will host rsl the last game on saturday night is the one you're going to want to watch uh it looks like it's an ESPN plus game it's portland hosting rsl but that is the one that could put portland above the la galaxy or tied with the la galaxy sort of depending on what the result is there um, and then you would have to wait until the very last game on sunday there's a 10 a.m eastern conference game there's a 4 p.m kansas city versus seattle uh so kansas city Ooh. will host seattle that that's, that's a good game. One. Yeah. FS1 yeah. Is, is a good one to watch there at 4 p.m. Um, that's for the top of the table there in the Western Conference and Sporting Kansas City will host that game. So it'll be fun to watch. And then you'll have the LA Galaxy going to Austin, Texas to take on Austin FC, SPN 2 ESPN Deportes. Um, that's where you can find that game, 630 p.m. And and I'll figure out what time kickoff is and tell everybody that uh, you have to, uh, you know, I'll tell everybody on Thursday when that actual kickoff is. But this is the scoreboard watching that now you end up doing, Kevin, which is starting Starting to watch and starting to see now the LA galaxy could have avoided all this. They could have played, they could have won a couple of the games in these last six, right? They haven't. Um, and because of that, they've stayed stayed relative. They've stayed stationary. Really? They've gained a point here no two points, three points in that time. Uh, to sort of just barely creep up and try to stay the heads above the water. And now they're in a point where they have invited and it's something you and I talked about a bunch is they have invited all those people who are below them and it's a group and they're all packed together. Um, They've invited those guys to compete. Now for the fourth spot. The Galaxy had the fourth spot locked up. All they had to do was win some games. They would continue to be in that fourth spot and you'd see the separation that Colorado supporting Kansas City and Seattle have sort of made from the rest of the pack. The Galaxy could be up with that, but they haven't done that. Um, And so they've allowed everybody to sort of play back into it. I mean, you know, uh, you still feel good about the Galaxy making the playoffs?
1: I do. I, 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 that schedule is really tough, but I mean the fact that they've been so bad lately, both on the field and then in the you know in, with the results, three of eighteen points, and they haven't lost any ground in the standings. I feel pretty good about them now. Now the, the big problem is they got to stay in the top four to get that home field.
0: Yeah, and uh, and it will be a, a difficult. I, it's difficult to do right now. Um, if we go and look at at the schedule, let's 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 play a prediction game. Do the Galaxy win in Austin? Yes. Okay. Are you keeping track of points? You keep track of points. We'll, we'll agree. Okay. So that's three points for the LA Galaxy against Austin. Right. All right. What do they do? They travel to at uh, RSL midweek. Um, I think that they lose that game. I can't see them winning that game.
1: I'm gonna give him a point.
0: Okay, so so give him four points. We'll go. We'll go best case scenario. That's fine. I I have no problems with that. Uh, They host LAFC. I see the Galaxy winning that game. I do as well. Okay, so there's another three points. So you you keep track of that. Um, The LA Galaxy hosting Portland Timbers. I'm gonna be honest with you. At home, Portland is not that good of a team. Um, I know they're close to the LA Galaxy. And so in points and standings, I would imagine. But even every time I've watched the Galaxy play Portland this year, I felt that the Galaxy were in control of the game. And that includes the one where they got blown out because Derek Williams got the red card earlier on in the season. They were still in control of that game up to that point. So I have to say that Portland, the, the game against Portland is a win as well.
1: I'm going to give him a point.
0: OK, so so now <laughs> we're not going best case scenario. Now we're just going whatever Kevin wants. OK, cool. That's that's fine. <laughs> yeah. that. OK, all right, it's fine uh, on the road to Houston. Do you, do you give him three points or a point?
1: No, I give them one because they've had, they've struggled there. Houston's not very good. I give them one there, but I do give them uh, three against Dallas.
0: OK, that works. Uh, three against Dallas. I'm in, I'm in agreement with that. They go to Sporting Kansas City and they lose that game
1: and they lose to Seattle as and well, and they
0: lose that game. So and now you're you're putting the L.A. Galaxy against Minnesota at home. Um, and I think that it depends. How many points are we at?
1: Uh, well, they had 38 going into this, right? right? Into this experiment. So now they're at 50.
0: They're at fifty points and needing a a win against uh against Minnesota. Minnesota. I mean yeah, it's a must win. 50, 53 points is a playoff team point total. That that makes sense to me, especially with the added teams in there. 53 points makes sense. That works. Now, does fifty points get you into the playoffs? It probably does, but yeah, does I think it does. But does it make you real comfortable? I mean, but okay, so we just gave the LA Galaxy something that they haven't done in a while. We gave them wins, Kevin. We yeah. gave them wins.
1: But also look at the fact the way the according to our little formula here, the way they end the season, the way they head into the playoffs, losing at Kansas City, losing at Seattle, a must win with Minnesota. So they get in by the skin of their teeth. How good are they feeling about their chances once they get there?
0: I mean, if we've given them the wins that they say, I'd have to feel that they're going to feel pretty good about that. How many total points did we get? Or what was the points that we got for the remainder of the games? Tw- 12. 12. 12 points is 12 points. Out of eight games. Out of eight games. It does, it's not great. Half one it's, and a half. It's not. It's not great, Kevin. It but, but, and,
1: and again, they they lose to Kansas City. They lose to Seattle, according to our predictions. Two teams above them. Minnesota, a team that they're going to be fighting with for playoff position. So they're looking at going into a seventeen playoff field. They just lost to two of the teams in that field, and they had to uh, win the last game against one of those teams. So they're saying like, we're kind of not better than three of the seven teams, th- or three of the other six teams in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I mean, but I think that's that's usually the case, right? I mean, they're not they're not better than supporting Kansas City. They're not better than Seattle. And at least right now, they're not better than Colorado. So, I mean,
1: but the great thing about the playoffs is every game is a final once you get there. Yeah, a team gets hot. They play well. They, uh, you know, coach gets hot with his, uh, you know, decisions about how to play formations and all that stuff. And, And a team you know, we've seen it before. We've seen teams from the bottom of the table. Portland did it one year, um, you know, where they, they come in and they, they just run the table.
0: I just, it's just so, so I look at that schedule. I go through that. You tell me how many points and I don't even feel confident that they can do that right now. Let's let's face it. I mean, here's, here's, here's in my mind. If you have to pick one player who needs to start suddenly performing, like they've like, it like they're, they're, they're on a mission, which player is that? And what gets them to, to the playoffs the best?
1: Wow, that's a really good question.
0: I, it's an easy. Uh, I, it's an easy answer. I think it's easy.
1: Well, I'd like to see the Jonathan Bond we saw at the beginning of the season. I mean, Um, that
0: that helps. But even with the LA Galaxy's defense, he's not going to be able to keep every goal out of the out of the back of the net. Right. And listen, I I think if anything happened, happened against the Minnesota game. And I will say this, if nobody else it's that Jonathan Bond is clearly the number one goalkeeper. I think that Jonathan Klinsman had a horrible night. Um, He got his fingertips to the second goal. And people will say, well, that was a really well hit ball. It was also from the center of the field. And there wasn't a ton of people blocking him on that second one. The first one, I'll get him. He was screened. All right. The second one there's, there's a chance there to make a save and he even got a hand on it, but couldn't keep it out of the back of the net. And then there's the breakaway goal, which I don't think he shut down. He, he stopped coming out at one point. He gave uh, Finley time to take that shot and beat him near post. I'm not a person who's like, you can never get beat near post, but in this particular case, he's outside the post Finley is right. So you have a chance to drive him and basically make it impossible for him to score. If you continue to drive that angle out, but he stopped. Um, And when he stopped, Finley was able to sneak it by his, you know, his outside leg, which ends up being, you know, a near post
1: goal. So I I will say unequivocally that the starting goalkeeper will be named Jonathan or maybe Justin for the rest of the season.
0: (laughs) That That seems like it's good. So if, if it's for me if there's one player who can play out of their mind or very focused and reach the level that you know we've seen it's chicharito for me if you can get him scoring goals this is what the la galaxy did at the beginning of the season which was outscore people right look at the first two games three two three two galaxy win both those games got the first goal in one of those games by the way the one win the la galaxy have with uh scoring with allowing the first goal is the very first game of the season which is the game against miami where miami scored first and the galaxy came back and eventually won but, that game three two
1: but see i, I think that's unfair what you did because chicharito has been the guy carrying the team more or less scoring not right now well well he came back he's played two he's played one game full game and he mm-hmm. scored a goal and the other two he played only parts of the game he still has one goal in those three games no one else has scored a goal every three games i i mean i think chicharito has been there I, I i'm when you ask that question i'm thinking of guys who
0: who haven't who haven't shown reason,
1: up yes who well, I, I don't want to say haven't sh- they have. I mean, I, I don't think Sebastian LeJet has been put in a position to succeed as he has been with the national team. I think Sebastian LeJet is a guy who can be a difference maker if he's put in a position to be that difference maker. So I would say he's he's a guy that could, could could really do something. Jonathan Dos Santos has not shown up. I think we could agree. Yes. Jonathan Dos Santos is a good player. He has the talent to do that. And Efraín Álvarez, I mean I, I I see some candidates of guys who have the talent to be game changers and they they haven't done that yet.
0: You have seen Efraín Álvarez's peak this year. You, it's not, he's not, he's not going to get better than what he has been. This is, and by the way, he sees that peak on occasion, right? So asking him to be more than what he is, is, is in my mind, a crazy, you're going to be disappointed. If you're asking Efrain Alvarez to do more, he, he's absolutely at the max peak of where he could be this year. Maybe he makes steps further next year, but you're, you're getting it right now. You're getting well, the
1: best I, I think Jovalich has been really good. I don't know that we need to get – it'd be great if he – I mean, he's a very talented player. He can be a game changer, but I don't think he's been disappointing. I, I would say Cabral and Gran that there's a lot more we haven't got out of them. Yes. If those guys step forward and and don't just become the auxiliary pieces that they are and become potent uh, you know, uh, offensive threats – that changed the galaxy i i am happy with what has happened with with chicharito so far yes if he gets hot again like it was at the beginning of the season yes it changes everything i agree with you from that standpoint but Thank I think you. that's he's a, been there. that's it you don't have I to look, say anymore
0: you said you agree with me <laughs> then that's that you were correct you can be correct. if you stop right now you can be correct if you keep talking you'll be incorrect
1: yeah, you're going to save that little audio clip and put it on, on on Facebook and Twitter because it's the only time I've ever agreed with you.
0: I, I, do, I do not have the time to, to go back and listen to this and pull that clip. I, I will tell you right now, it will not happen. Um, but no, I I'll mean... will leave it on
1: your voice on your voice yeah. answering machine.
0: Uh, Ravellison, by the way, is being called out as well that says that if he's really good, and look at what he did in his first couple of games. Listen, um, him scoring a lot of goals is going to be a misnomer, right? It's, it's a misdirection for him. That's not his job. That's not what he was brought in to do. And if he's playing his position, Correctly, he will get some of those goals, but he shouldn't have scored as many goals as he did to start the start the year. Um, so I think again, you're sort of seeing peak. You have seen peak him, and peak him is is maybe even a little more than what you should expect. You know, I was disappointed in his gameplay. I thought his close-out skills in the center of the field weren't great, um, especially on that first goal. Uh, he could have had a chance to step forward a little bit more, although he did try to close out. Um, he was a little late in doing so and committed at the wrong time. They were able to find Renoso there as well. So, I mean. You know, um, there's almost. You know who's got
1: some. You yeah. know who got some more goals in him. Who? If he can, if he gets to play, he's got to be on the field. Daniel Sturris is a guy, a defender who's always scored three, four goals a year. Um, he, had, I don't think he has one yet, and he's always been a threat in the box on on corner kicks. If we stop with the short corners, that, uh, which
0: expect, which they have been doing, by the way, I will I would
1: like to point I, out. I would not be surprised to see Daniel Steris score a couple of goals down the stretch, and. Uh, one or two of them be big goals. I, I just think he has, to, it's, it's not, his, again, it's not his job, but he has shown the ability to do that. And, uh, if he continues to play, I think you get a couple goals coming from him.
0: Uh, very could Very well could. Um, I'm trying to look up if, if Dan stairs has, uh, has any goals this, he hasn't played a lot this year, no, which is not total, uh, total shots. He's had five blocks, uh, fly, five of his shots blocked and one shot on target. So, um, I don't think that the has a goal, but yeah, uh, zero goals right now, uh, from, from him in that position. So, um, but I, I think he's going to play an important, I listen. Vanny is going people were were advocating for a five man back line because the Galaxy seemed to play well in that. Um, I don't disagree with that. Uh, Sometimes that's a good thing. I think that Greg Vanny says that he wants to move into that and not necessarily starting that. So look more for the four three threes um, that he's been playing. I think it's in there. I think that you're going to see against Austin what Greg Vanny considers his best starting lineup. Um, Best starting lineup does not mean best eleven. Uh, He may work into his best 11 in the second half, but his best starting lineup that he thinks gives him a chance to one uh, control the game, score goals, uh, defend well. And then in the second half, he may be able to bring on some pieces that really can can change the look at what they did in that second half with Chicharito and Vasquez coming in and Jonathan Dos Santos coming in. All those changes they made in the second half totally turned around sort of the feeling of that game. The Galaxy definitely had momentum in that second half. They just did not have that that end ball. I mean, again, Jovalich missed chances. Cabral missed a chance. Vasquez missed missed a chance they had chances and i think they had five of them in total i actually looked at all the shots and sort of tried to go back and look at the xg and sort of what that meant from the position they were at when they had the best chances to score uh they had those chances um they did not capitalize and if you look at minnesota they they had 10 overall chances to the galaxy's five and they capitalized on three of those but do you know how many shots on goal minnesota had three three that's it three
1: And all three of them went in. So if Derek Williams is ready to play, who do you bench? You bench Atari, or I, I play Steris and put Atari on the bench.
0: I mean, I I think that uh, that Sega Cool Ballet actually he had a higher rated game if you look at FOP Mob than Dan Steris did in the Minnesota game. But I would think that people would still think that 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 Dan Steris played better. I don't know. I can't, I'm, I'm, I'm on the fence with that. I think that Koulibaly has certainly shown to be a liability. I think that Steras is actually fairly consistent in what he brings. And that usually ends up winning him the jobs in these things. Um, I called him a nuclear cockroach on Thursday night. And I continue to say that no matter what happens, you try to get rid of him. He keeps coming back. Um, But having said that, um, you know, at this point, it's more about who they think is going to fit the best together. And if that's Sega and Williams have played the most games together, then that's the way that they have to go. But they have to stick with it. You can't be changing it.
1: No, and, and the thing I like about Steris is as you mentioned, he's not flashy. You know, uh, Atari will sometimes step up and make a big play. But you as you said, he'll also step up and big make the big mistake. Right now, this time of the season, when every point counts, I don't want a flashy center back. I want a guy who's just gonna clear the ball out. I just want someone steady, dependable. Um, you know, I I that's Steris, And he's like you said, he's been there. He's done that. He's been here. He and Sebastian Leggett are the only guys on the team that go back to the last playoff uh, were with the last uh, a conference a semifinal team with uh, in 2016, that team that went to Colorado and lost. Um, I, I don't know. I, I I just think this is Dan Steres' time of year.
0: Um, yeah, I will also say that people will point out that Dan Starris has been a, a consistent backline player during some of the worst defensive years of the LA Galaxy. Um, I understand that. I also think that if the LA galaxy would have been really smart that they would have kept Romney and stairs together and they would have had those guys back there and wouldn't have had to spend all this money on all these uh, defenders that they keep going through um, year in year out. I mean, uh, you know, Leonardo- so who's, yeah, go ahead.
1: Who's your defender of the year? So we're going to get the vote on that soon. It's gotta be a Araujo, right?
0: Araujo. It's not even close. Yeah. Okay. Who's, who's, who's your, who's the best player this year? Uh, the, the, what do they call it? They don't call it the MVP. Uh, it's the player. Is it the player of the year? I don't think it's the player of the year. I forget how they, they term it. I don't think it's MVP, though. Um,
1: I, I, I would think it's got to be Chicharito, almost for what you just said. He's the guy that, that sort of that the team follows him.
0: Yeah, but he's been um, he's been gone for so. He's missed long. half the season. I know. I know, but
1: but who's played better than him? Yeah, Araujo, maybe Araujo, yeah. maybe Araujo wins both. No, that, give, him, give him the goalkeeper award. Galaxy too, Galaxy
0: have. won't let that to happen. Allow that to happen. They will never let a defender be named Player of the Year. We tried to do it, and and it and it didn't happen. Uh, the that,
1: most consistent performer all year is Joe Totino. It's just not even close.
0: Hundred percent. Joe Joe gets all of my votes for everything. Um. All right. I think that's sort of where we're at. I mean. Oh, it, it's I'm looking at all these games. I'm looking where the galaxy are. And obviously we're going to have a show on Thursday night uh, coming up that will get you ready for this Austin game. So we won't preview it. We'll try to get you all the news that has sort of gone through uh, this whole week. Um, if you're if, you, if you'd like to send good thoughts uh, towards towards me for tomorrow, then I might even have a special podcast for you tomorrow night. Let's see if that happens. It won't be live. But if you're paying attention tomorrow night, around this time, perhaps maybe if everything lines up this time, because this will be attempt number three at doing this, uh, I'll have something interesting and different for you uh, from a podcast perspective. So so stay with, with tuned.
1: involved anyone in the galaxy front office
0: it might it might but i'm not gonna wow. jinx it i refuse i've re- okay. refused to jinx this it's it's been too close too many times um so anyway i i think it's on a pretty good track but if that happens uh we'll have an interesting discussion so a bonus podcast this week for you as well um that should be out there hitting your podcast and all that sort of fun stuff um anything else that we need yeah, do, yeah. do you like
1: elvis costello
0: elvis costello not particularly i can't say that I, and i don't want to say like i'm against elvis costello i i am indifferent to elvis costello
1: because i i hear he's coming on tour and the opening act's going to be abba it's going to be abba costello tour
0: oh wow wow <laughs> did you write that down or did you just yeah that's, it's right here Yeah, i was gonna say yeah he's like let me make, make sure i get my abba costello joke in there before we go too bad we we're so close to to not having to listen to that we were really close Papusus. Kevin. Papooses, one more time There's- all right, good job. All right, uh, let's get out of here then. If you're looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter on Twitter, it's at KBaxter11. Why would you be? I don't know. At KBaxter11, head on over there, latimes.com, where he covers all the soccer in Southern California and around the United States. U.S. men's national team, U.S. women's national team, uh, qualifying for World Cup coming up. So he'll have a bunch of coverage for that, latimes.com. Check it out, please. If you're looking for me, on Twitter, it's at Jay Gessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N. And of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Please head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. All right, cornerofthegalaxy.com. That's where you can find all of our shows, all of our videos, all of our fun stuff. It's right there, cornerofthegalaxy.com. All right, think that about it does it. It will be a busy week headed up. Thursday coming up, another podcast, maybe a special bonus podcast in there as well. All right, for Mr. Kevin, the Panda Baxter, i Josh Patrick Gessman. You've been listening. You've been watching to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on galaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to
2: the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at galaxypodcast, and be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo.